<laughs> all right, everybody, welcome to the September 25th edition of Cascadian Views. It's all three of us, again, for the first time in a long while. How are you doing, Dan? Yay! So, uh, a lot's happened, uh, especially since Chris, Dan, and I met up once without him. Uh, but in some ways, it feels like we're going back to the past because uh, Bob Menendez, the Democratic senator from New Jersey, <laughs> has been... Arrested on bribery charges again. This is something that happened back in the Obama administration the first time. And uh, Democrats are pretty much ready to kick him to the curb until, well, it turned out he wasn't willing to be kicked to the curb. As long as he was going to hang on to that seat, we had to play ball with him. As long as he kept his head down, though, nobody seemed to mind. Now he's being charged with bribery for a second time. And yeah. I, I just don't see this going well for, for really anybody involved. Uh, and, I, and the first time he was, um, you know, the jury didn't convict. They couldn't come to an agreement on convicting. So the Senate Ethics Committee basically sent him a nasty letter. <laughs> That's what right. ended up happening in terms of consequences. If I remember from the last time... He was arrested for bribery. There is no mechanism in New Jersey law to force him out of the seat. This is the, like, problem we came up to back then. Um, yeah. I don't think that's changed, right? No, no. I mean, there's still, I don't think they've done anything to rein in or make it easier to eject, you know, someone who's been elected from... Yeah. So he's going to have to sit there and be part of our 51 seat majority until the day the jury convicts him, which is just joyous. <laughs> I mean, unless he catches some ethics, which, you know, see the story. <laughs> the, yeah, the details in this are particularly brazen, much more than the last one, yeah. which involved like old bars in his pocket. Exactly. <laughs> The last one was a bunch of like, you know, favors in exchange for doing stuff and a lot of quid pro quo and pretty, pretty nasty stuff. But also kind right. of what you assume with politicians this time, it's it's straight up some like African warlord shit. He's got suitcases yeah. full of gold bars and crap <laughs> and dollars, like five hundred thousand yeah. dollars worth of bills just yeah. sitting around in envelopes. <laughs> Senator crimes, you know. <laughs> Uh, now he does maintain though that these are just from his personal account which he has withdrawn <laughs> he just had a bunch of gold bars in his house how'd he get because, those Who knows? because coming from an immigrant family he likes to have cash on hand it's just a lesson the family learned it's just humble folk ways to yeah. have a bunch of gold bars <laughs> so we're uh, we're seeing the Sopranos play out, basically, I think, here. Menendez is a bottom paid for senator. I mean, yeah. we knew that 10 years ago. We knew that today. Yeah. <sighs> awesome. I do like yeah, New Jersey. But I mean, so senator. far, two senators have directly called for his resignation, which the entire is Democratic Party time. called for his re resignation last <laughs> time, and it didn't happen. He, he really did just. Uh, I mean, we all kind of started to live with it after it became clear he wasn't going anywhere. But everybody in the first two weeks was telling him to get the fuck out of there. And then he was like, no, make me. 
and we all had to sit around because we couldn't make them. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, the flip side to that is Ken Paxton was tried by the uh, Texas Senate, which has uh, exactly the reputation it deserves. Uh, the Texas House grew balls and uh, and actually yeah. indicted him with, I think, only two Republicans voting no, something like that. It was yeah, a single the, digit. The super majority of Republicans joined in the in the impeachment on the House side. Yeah, in in the Senate, uh, not so much at all. It was it was pretty much a party line vote to acquit the guy. He's back on the job as of now, although he's still under federal indictment. So something might be going on. He yeah, is... but I mean, meanwhile, he's actually turned it into um, recruiting to run for higher office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paxton, by the way, did the exact playbook Menendez did last time which is just obfuscate deny uh don't go anywhere and rail against anybody telling you to go away so it's depressing that it works is all i have to say i'm not partisan about this at all uh corrupt politicians are fucking terrible um although i will say there's nuance to corruption i don't mind politicians scratching each other's back to get things passed pork barrel spending is not corruption it's it's lube if you want somebody to support something and help them out that makes government work but uh just outright cash bribes that's not kosher and i am right. very happy <laughs> to see anybody involved in that get the fuck right. out of town. somewhere between nice lunches and rounds of golf and five hundred thousand in cash and gold bars <laughs> the line is somewhere in between there i i didn't even know that like <laughs> Gold bars were something that were regularly tradable in your day-to-day -day life. This is like some post-Soviet shit. This is like what you flee Kazakhstan in your limo with. This is not... Where do you cash in a gold bar in fucking America? I don't know a single place in Portland that will take a gold bar and give me money. Yeah. I mean, that's... You got that's there's some seriously. I mean, there's only an illicit place I could think of that would probably take a gold bar, you know. That's this kind of thing where you they're designed to be taken like to the Caymans or some shit like that. Yeah, that's, that's something you take with you when you're fleeing the country. That's not a store of not real something you value. take to the country. Yeah, yeah. oh my god. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, at least he's got a real opponent now. Like Andy Kim's going to run against him. So yeah. last time yeah. in 2022, it was it was a nobody. So there's that. Kim's but, a, a really well-spoken congressman. I'm very impressed with. Going to be happy yeah. if he takes that seat. I like Cory Booker too. So if I get like both of New Jersey senators, that would be a step up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, be a real improvement yeah uh well on that note the government that menendez is part of is rapidly adding for the shitter uh we are going to run out of money possibly within like 24 hours or is it the 29th somewhere between one and four days from now the government is yeah. going to shut yeah. down <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah this stems from the fact that uh, a certain number of Republicans in the House are not happy with the deal, the spending deal that uh, was cut between the 
the speaker and the White House, and they want to renegotiate that whole deal. Is not something the Senate wants to do at all. In fact, uh, it's pretty bipartisan up there. They're going to pass the spending deal. Pretty much everybody is happy with that. Nobody wants this fight anymore. It is solely the House GOP out on an island right now. But I, I don't really see any way they can talk themselves off that island. Yeah, they, they can't agree with themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, he does have a maneuver open to him to pass a budget that would probably pass the Senate, but that maneuver is to sell the Democrats and the moderate Republicans who are in iffy districts, <laughs> Yeah, which he could probably get 218 votes for, but then he would immediately be. We know he can because job. he already got 218 votes for it. It's just the spending plan that he already passed. <laughs> he passed a piece of legislation that says we're going to spend this money. And then it came time to spend that money. And then he's like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> he, he's already passed this with 218 votes. He just doesn't want to do it again. Yeah, I think it's like how many times does he want to... Well, they don't have anyone to replace him with. He's gone through this before. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> it's the same dumb fight that they've done again and again and again. They don't have a replacement Kevin. And, and yet, they keep acting like they're gonna. They're gonna toss him over any time if he, you know, goes too far. And, and yet, and yet, we're doing this again and again and again. Oh, Kevin goes too far and he's gone. But they've got nothing else that they can do. He, he, it's so goddamn stupid. And it's you know, ripping everybody's 401ks to shreds once again because it's, it's moronic. It is just the voters are stupid and Republicans are stupid. Yeah. It's disgusting. Uh, they've yeah. actually, they've got one less of a majority than they normally would because of a, uh, a special election they have to, to contend with, but they, they should still have this. I don't see the issue here. You're, you're completely right. The ones who want to blow this all up can't really blow this all up because there is nobody to replace Kevin McCarthy. I, there, there's just literally nobody. Nobody can hold that caucus together. McCarthy can't even hold that caucus together, but he at least pretends he can. <laughs> you know, he puts on a good show for the cameras, and that's what they need. And nobody else is even able to do that. Yeah. They're, uh, I, I, I guess the do-or-die moment is coming tomorrow, although that's not actually the shutdown. Uh, the speaker doesn't know if he has the votes, but he's putting up uh, all four spending bills tomorrow. Tuesday. There'll be a full day of votes on this. He's going to try and get it past the finish line. Mm, I would not be willing to take bets on that. The, the other possibility here is one that I've been talking about for years that I still have not gotten to see. The House is the only body where you can force a vote, even if you're not the speaker. Mm -hmm. The Senate Majority Leader decides what bills come up in the Senate. 
just full stop. That, that's that's the end of the ball game right there. The House has a mechanism, the discharge petition, where if you get a outright majority of members to sign a little slip of paper saying that they want to vote on something, they get the opportunity to vote on something. So I, I kind of want to see one happen. I, I just, I really do. It's one of those, you know, white whale moments for me. It's not that's actually important. I just want to see it because they don't happen all that often. Yeah. Uh, just from you guys, what do you think the odds are? Do they get these four bills passed tomorrow? Their, their last shot at it? I don't think so. I think it's not as crucial that the government not shut down as it was that there not be a debt ceiling blow up. So I I think it's one thing that he can, it's a bone he can throw to these idiots that McCarthy can throw to these idiots that they got to have a budget uh, government shut down. So he's going to do it because you know, they're, they're stupid wreckers and he can tell them, yeah, you got to shut down the government. Yeehaw, fire your guns in the air. So I think that's what they'll do. That's literally the extent of their demands is they got to break something. And I guess it wasn't that important. They got to do it. The House GOP is openly saying that government shutdowns don't go well for Republicans. Uh, number two leadership in the Senate, it's a guy from Texas. name I'm thinking on right now. Uh, Thune, isn't it? No, Thune's from one of the Dakotas. Uh, oh, it, well, you're right that Thune was the number two in the House. Who am I? Who am I thinking of? Texas Senator, maybe. He used oh, to be Cornyn. Cornyn. Yeah, there we go. Uh, he was just basically he. In fact, he said that uh, if you look back at all the past government shutdowns, they don't tend to go well for Republicans. We've got a midterm coming up, and I don't want to see that happen. So, I mean, I think the Senate knows this, and I think a majority of House Republicans even know this, but I don't think the Freedom Caucus cares. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're right. Yeah. I don't think they do, but I also think that Kevin McCarthy would like to continue being majority leader and uh that doesn't happen if republicans lose the house which it certainly seems like they're going to they're they're not doing so well in the the 538 yeah but if he i mean if he can't pass it with his own caucus which if these knuckleheads keep knuckleheading will be true. The only other way to pass it is with Democrats and moderate Republicans, which would get him bounced out of his job anyway. On Unless he wants to call that bluff, which like you were saying earlier, it's not like they have a good, they have a really good position either. No, but that also doesn't end with McCarthy being put back in charge. That ends with the House not having a leader until after the midterms. That that ends with just us completely clusterfucked uh, for months, which, you know, there are positives to that, I'm not going to lie, but also I don't think 
the government can survive not functioning for half a year. Uh, you know, on that mention, though, of, uh, of 538, Chris, you had posted a link uh, in the group earlier that in special elections, Democrats are outperforming the popular vote by 11%, I think you saw. Or you think it's eleven uh, percent average? Yeah, over like thirty races since year to date. Okay, that seems like it's uh, like good signs. Yeah, it's the kind of I mean, it's the kind of leading sign you saw when Democrats flipped the House last time, and there's a lot of iffy Republican districts this time. You know where. Republicans are sitting in districts that Biden won. So I think there's a good chance the House flips. Um, unfortunately, there's also a good chance the Senate flips in the other direction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that Senate map is <laughs> fucking horrendous. Terrible. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at some uh, some varying forecast for the uh, the House coming up. Uh, inside elections has the Republicans leading in 208, Democrats leading, leading in 202 with the rest a toss-up. Uh, elections Daily has Republicans uh, leading 195, Democrats leading in 200 with the rest a toss-up. Uh, Cook has Republicans at 206, Democrats at 205 with the rest toss-ups. This is a very competitive map. Uh it is not this baked-in Republican advantage that we're looking at this last cycle. This is yeah. this is a map that we can win. Uh, whereas we were expecting to get blown out last cycle and cheered like a win the fact that we only narrowly lost. Yeah, I'm very optimistic about the, the House uh, this round. I expect to lose this. There's not a chance in hell we're holding. I, I don't know that I agree with that, but every time I've said that, I've also been very wrong. So, <laughs> in the last few cycles, let's uh, let's pull up this map real quick. So we're defending seats in Montana. We're defending seats mm -hmm. in Ohio. We're defending seats in West Virginia. We're defending seats in Arizona. Uh, we're defending a seat in Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and uh, Maine on kind of the periphery of that. I feel fairly confident about Maine. I feel pretty confident about Pennsylvania and Michigan. I feel less confident about Wisconsin. Uh, we've already lost West Virginia. Just wipe that from your mind. Montana, <laughs> maybe a snowball's chance in hell. We saved that one, but I don't think so. And Arizona is, who the fuck knows? What even is Sinema? Is she running? She's Ohio. acting like she is. She's yeah. put out a bunch of propaganda today that says she can win. So Does that God. help us? Does that hurt us? Then there's Doesn't, Ohio. Doesn't seem good. And, yeah. and, you know, from that slate of states I just mentioned, we have to defend basically all of them. We could lose two. As long as we keep the White House, we can lose 
one. No, we can lose, can lose one, one if we keep the White House. We can't lose any if we lose the White House. So what are our pickup opportunities in there? Oh, we also have to defend Virginia. I forgot about that. What are our yeah. pickup opportunities? Florida, Texas, North Dakota, Texas. Wyoming, Utah, yeah. Indiana, Missouri, Tennessee. These are the oh, rest God. of the states <laughs> up. This map sucks so hard. It really does. There's nothing there for us. I'm just saying I can believe a scenario where we lose West Virginia, which I almost wouldn't mind, and we hold all those other seats. Yeah. In my heart, I can believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's, we'd have to, I mean, that's like, we'd have to, God, we'd have to be kicking so much ass. <laughs> it has to be a really democratic here. Yeah. Massively <laughs> kicking ass. Like, yeah, that's like a way Jared Brown has to discover how to hypnotize people through television. That is the only way we're holding this. Yeah. I mean they'd have to they have to fuck up Ohio so bad. <laughs> and then yeah, we have to pitch a perfect game through through Montana, through Arizona, through Nevada. Ohio, through Wisconsin. I just I don't see it happening. But hey. Alright, well we can move on from depressing to humor. Uh, I guess there's a second GOP debate going on. Possibly right now. I don't know. I didn't watch the first. I'm not going to watch the second. <laughs> God only knows. I think it's Wednesday night. Wednesday the candidates night. are okay. made up. It doesn't matter. Whose line is it anyway, debate? It really is. Yeah, you're you're right, Chris. It is Wednesday. But yeah, uh, none of this matters. The person who's going to be the nominee isn't there. In fact, he's running counter-programming to it, which he did at the last one, too. And by the way, outdrew them, despite the fact that he was broadcasting on a broken Twitter Fucking hell. Oh my god. This is uh, this is really make believe for Fox News. That is all this is. <laughs> there is no point in watching this debate. None of these people matter. Nothing of importance will happen. Your life is not improved or or enriched in any way by watching this. You don't get advanced nuance of a candidate who's going to be on the field in the November election. It is well, it that make believe. Republican debate, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pointless. It's so freaking pointless. They're all. I mean. <laughs> The only thing that could make it worthwhile is the thing that they didn't do last time, which is if they made a concerted effort to say Trump is not right for the Republican Party, here's why I am. <laughs> like if every single candidate on that stage did that. Yeah. But uh, they're not going to. They're terrified of him. <laughs> they all they all know that they all it's like they all know that he's won and they're all competing to be on his good side. The only yeah. thing of consequence for me that happened in the first debate was I helped a coworker of mine take a forty-nine dollar bribe. Wait, what? 
<laughs> I helped a coworker of mine take a $49 bribe. Uh, Burgum, the governor of North oh, Dakota, yeah. was offering $50 Visa gift cards if you donated $1 to his campaign in order to, to game the... Uh, the debate admission standards. You had to have a certain number of donors from a certain number of states. And uh, a coworker of mine had seen me reading that article and wanted to figure out how to do it. So I walked him through out to make a $1 donation. And sure enough, he got his $50 Visa gift card. Nice. Well, hey, that's great. That's yeah. good for him. Somebody in our group uh, was talking about one of the other candidates is doing that. Uh, but apparently wasn't actually sending out the bribe, which yeah, I, oh, I just can't stand boom. for those ethics. You say you're <laughs> name, gonna do name something, and do it. Shame. Name and shame. Who is doing that? Oh. Nobody don't let anyone else get sucked down there. <laughs> we uh That's like a Trump move. Yeah, yeah exactly. It really is. Uh, it seems, though, that Burgum has dropped out. He is no longer in this debate, so I guess it became too expensive for him to continue buying the donors he needed. Yeah, that's quite. A, that's going to be a burn rate. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually fairly impressed that we've managed to, to seriously come full circle where we're just literally paying people to come, like, vote for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess not like vote in the election, but to vote to get you on the debate stage. We all know what we're doing with it. We, yeah. We've gone from Tammany Hall to... Uh, I was going to make some internet pun in there, but I can't come up with one quick enough. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I mean, what was his name? Uh, God. This... Uh, never mind. I... I... I totally lost it. So yeah. Fair enough. keep going. Yeah. Well, there is not much more on the national uh, stage. We might talk about something international. Do you guys see the big blow up between India and China or not China, excuse me, Canada is going on right now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, apparently it's progressed to the point that India is canceling visas for all Canadians. Uh, and they've also warned their citizens not to travel to the country. It comes after, uh, Justin Trudeau has committed the cardinal sin of acknowledging that Canadian intelligence thinks it's basically a, a locked and shut case that uh, India assassinated a Sikh independence leader on Canadian soil. Uh, yeah. So it's not like uh, it's not like Canada's in the wrong here. I mean, India just got caught. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. I mean, Trudeau just said the truth he wasn't the one who wrote the report he wasn't the one who uh did the investigation he just acknowledged its findings which has uh <laughs> just absolutely incensed india they are beyond yeah. pissed uh, at a time which is kind of sensitive because we're really trying to keep them in the western fold uh, although they are buying an awful lot of oil and gas from russia they aren't going really farther than that and we'd like to keep it that way um Although, really, when you get down to it, they're, you know, financing Russia's war. What the fuck is the point of keeping them happy? We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's becoming a pretty big fight. Uh, I also didn't know there were Sikh independence activists, but now I do. So, learn something every day. Uh, we're going to flip to some local stuff, because there's a lot going on. 
Uh, Joanne Hardesty, a former city councilwoman here in uh, in Portland, has accepted a nearly $700,000 settlement from Portland Police Bureau, or more accurately, their insurer, uh, over a malicious leak that uh, the police tried to smear Hardesty with. A motorist who may or may not have been mistaken. Uh, we don't really know much about the motorist. We don't really know what their angle was. But reported a hit and run and said that uh, the driver who hit them was Miss Hardesty, uh, city councilwoman at the time. It later came out that it was not Hardesty. In fact, she was on city business on camera somewhere else at the time that this happened. But the, the Portland police were very keen to leak the story that she committed a hit and run uh, to pretty much any media that would listen. Specifically, though, I believe they started with a conservative podcast here in Portland, which is probably the most Portland thing you could imagine. It's dueling warring podcast. Uh, but it was it was run by the fraternal brotherhood of police their union head i think the the whole leak operation was uh and it it was basically just a giant smear at hardesty uh and trying to knock her off for re-election which stupidest thing about this was it wasn't even needed she wasn't going to win re-election she lost quite handily and this had very little to do with it uh but it just i think really goes to show how deep the problems run with the portland police they're absolutely uh so good for her never want to see her on the city council again but i'm glad that she got a payday for what those assholes did to her i, I really am yeah i mean it did seem like she got kind of the you know, railroaded for that stuff so absolutely yeah yeah she deserved every cent uh and settling now gets her money cash in hand instead of a year-long trial and it was just a smart move uh, I don't believe the Portland Police Union would have settled themselves. Their insurer forced it on them because their insurer is the one who's actually paying out. And they were they were worried they were going to lose even more at trial. So that's how that one shook out. And against the backdrop yeah. of that, uh, this week we found out that uh, Mayor Wheeler is, uh, well, he's considering a coup, <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. Jesus. The okay. way the way Portland city government works now is that each city council member is in charge of the bureau. And that includes the mayor who also sits on the council and they each run their little part of the city. Uh, the mayor traditionally gets the police. Uh, one of the council members will get the, the fire department. Another one will get the water department, transportation department. And they just basically go around handing them out. And you're, you're head of your little fiefdom down there and you run that department as you sit in the council. Uh, we are changing government forms. That that changing starts to begin uh, uh, this election when we're going to start electing. Uh, we're going to start using some different forms of elections. We're going to start using some different methods of elections, and it'll eventually culminate next year when we switch over to a new city council, uh, which is comprised of multi-member districts. The mayor doesn't sit on it. None of them have any executive power. They're literally just a legislative. And the mayor is even less of a concern. They, they do nothing besides what smile. Uh, in order to effectively manage this transition time and set the city up on its new way, 
the Portland mayor, Ted Wheeler, is considering uh, seizing all the bureaus from other city council members and running them all himself from the mayor's office. And this is uh, apparently the only way he knows to ensure that the new city government gets off on the road. Uh, he has not decided he's going to do this, but he did have his lawyer and spokesmember, uh, spokesman uh, tell city council that he was thinking about doing this. And they are not happy. And also, I don't think there is any basis for this in law at all. I think this is all completely made up. So I, I really can't describe it as anything other than a coup. I, I'm not necessarily opposed to it, I want to be clear. Portland City Council is a bunch of bickering children. They're they're ridiculous. Our city politics are just the absolute garbage pit. This might improve things. But also, it, it seems extra legal. Uh, one might yeah. go so far as to say counter to the city charter, which specifically set up the, the Bureau Council doling out sort of deal. Uh, which makes it interesting. Uh, I don't think any court challenge would actually, by the time they got around to doing anything in court, we'd already be under the new city government. So it's it's probably about the perfect time if you were going to do this. By the time anybody tells you you're wrong, it's, it's over. <coughs> so that'll be interesting. Uh, and then the other big local story I wanted to focus on, we are having a bit of a union fight down here in Portland, uh, specifically the UFCW. Uh, what's that stand for? You know? Oh, UFCW, that's uh, United Food and Commercial Workers. There we go. All right. So I guess... Uh, We've got Representative Paul Holvey. He's a 20-year member of the Oregon uh, State Legislature. He represents Eugene. It's a fairly sizable city for Oregon. It's where the university is located. Uh, UFCW is the largest uh, private sector union. We do have larger public sector unions. In terms of private sector, they're the biggest. And they're working to get rid of Holby for reasons that are a little bit unfathomable. Uh, nobody really understands. The unions are quite happy with Holby in general. It's only UFCW that has a problem with him. Uh, as near as they can explain, he, he doesn't go to bat enough for them. He only supports them not enough, according to them. I don't really understand it. Actually, they have they've had a couple lines that they trot out to the media about when he's in position of, of influence, big business uh, wins, we lose. But he's consistently rated as among the bros, most pro-labor uh, members of our legislature. He's beloved by other unions who are all opposing this. He, he's got the endorsement of basically every other union in the state. I don't really understand it. But also, it might actually have to do with something larger because the political operative that is running this for the union and basically has spearheaded this whole effort from the cradle to the grave uh, is also one that was attempting to, to sabotage the 
Spokane UFCW chapter and the Seattle UFCW chapter up in Washington. Uh, they were going to merge uh, into one large Washington UFCW, uh, kind of same sort of thing we have down here in Oregon. And he carried out a bunch of like false flag disruptions of union meetings, each pretending to be the other union one for the one in Spokane, one for the one in Seattle, uh, and to the point that they've actually brought to, to arbitration, I believe, their their brother Union Hall um, in order to, to challenge them on this. This might be part of a larger game. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. There's a lot of cloak and dagger shit with this. It's very intriguing. Uh, I don't actually think he's that much in danger in the recall election. Um but I also didn't think they'd get the signatures, so I might be wrong on that. Uh, the whole thing, though, reads a little bit like a spy novel, and I'm very, very intrigued uh, to see where this goes. Do you have any familiarity with that whole merger that went down in 2022 up there, Dan? I don't know. No, that's, you know. yeah, kind of a little bit beyond what, uh, no, that was, Yeah, can't I say that. I didn't think you interacted with it uh, very much, but I do know you keep abreast of, of stuff like that. I thought it might be yeah. across the radar. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's what's been going on in Oregon for the last little bit. Is there anything anybody else wants to talk about? I'll take that as a no. All right. You guys have a great week, and uh, hopefully we can all meet up again next week. Yeah. Sounds good. You have a good week too. Bye. All right. Bye.